Welcome back to the Paul Penna podcast. That's a lot of peas at the beginning of a program, but this is going to be really fun. I'm here with Dr. Amy Platt, of course, the head of school for the Paul Penna Downtown Jewish Day School, but also Dara Solomon, who, in addition to having an incredible professional career, which she will describe, she's also my wife. Uh, we've worked on podcasts together, but not in this type of format. We're usually editing and not speaking on them together. Dar. Can you introduce yourself and the role you have and why we brought you on? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Dara Solomon, and I'm the executive director of two Jewish heritage organizations, the Newberger Holocaust Education Center and the Ontario Jewish Archives, and we are part of UJA Federation of Greater Toronto. And um, my background is really in museums, um, creating meaningful touch points through museum experiences for a range of audiences. Um, I started out doing that at museums in California. And then when we moved to Toronto almost 10 years ago, um, you know, joined the team at the Ontario Jewish Archives to really start thinking about ways to share this incredible collection of documentation of our community's history, um, looking for meaningful ways to share it across platforms with the community who um, in many ways, like didn't know about the collection and weren't aware of um, sort of all these rich touch points of Jewish culture and heritage um, right here in Ontario. And so that's the OJA and on the Newberger side, um, we have been around for about 40 years, really sharing the voice of our community's survivors um, with students, both Jewish and non-Jewish uh, across the GTA. And I think that's obviously a great lead into sort of what we're going to be talking about. But one of the things that um, I know that you focus on a lot and think about is uh, exactly what you said, sort of different access points and different levels of knowledge of what you do. And part of that is sort of outward facing to the non-Jewish community. How do you bring them in and sort of educate around the Holocaust? But, but some of it is also how we do that in a thoughtful way within our Jewish community. And Toronto is uniquely uh, a community built uh, by, by Holocaust survivors and those that came after them. Talk a little bit about sort of that unique positioning of Toronto in the diaspora, really. Yeah, so Toronto has this incredibly vibrant and diverse Jewish community, um, both um, as a result of the volume of survivors that settled here, but also the early, early settlement. Those are the stories that we have at the Ontario Jewish Archives of, of people that started to come um, escaping the pogroms around the turn of the century and um, making Toronto their home and setting up these institutions, which really remain um, the roots of our community today, whether it be the day, this incredible day school system that Paul Penna is part of, um, or the, the, the diverse synagogue opportunities, and then all the social service agencies that continue to serve um, this growing community, um, you know, from basic needs upon arrival, um, from if you're immigrating um, from somewhere else to um, all the different support systems you may need throughout your life, that there are these touch points for both Jewish identity and day-to-day -day support that the community needs. And I would say that, you know, the stories about all these institutions and the people they touched are really important for us to remember and to learn about as, as Jews based here in Ontario. 
Amy, I want to go to you because obviously we, uh, Dar and I are parents at the school, so that's part of it too, but also Dar is a professional in, in the world sort of talking about this. Talk a little about how you developed a working relationship with Dara and the Newberger Holocaust Education Center and what that experience has been for the school. Dara, it's so nice to have you on our podcast. We've talked many, many times about this and it's nice to bring our conversation out into the greater school world. So I'd say that my relationship with Holocaust education uh, started for me as a student and probably the most salient educational experience I had was in 1994 when I participated in the March of the Living. I remember coming back from the March of the Living and feeling really committed to Holocaust education, joining the Holocaust education committee in my high school, being really involved in um, Holocaust programming as a staff member uh, in Young Judea camps and Hillel on campus and really being committed to Holocaust education in my young adult life. And then as a teacher teaching grade seven and eight social studies, again, thinking a lot about Holocaust education. In 2006, I spent three weeks in Jerusalem studying at Yad Vashem and doing a Holocaust education course. And when I became a school administrator, it really became part of my job, not just to think about it in my whole, my own classroom, but to think about it for many classrooms. And that was when my conversations and my relationship with Newberger started. So first in my previous administrative role um, as a director of core curriculum and general studies, thinking about it for a large school and mostly middle school kids. And then in 2017, when I came to Paul Pena, starting to say, well, what do we do here and what becomes a culminating experience for our graduates? And so that's when Dara and I really started talking. And we talked about two things. We talked about how we commemorate Holocaust through meaningful experiences, primarily on Yom HaShoah and what that looks like, what it would look like to bring a survivor into the school, what's an age appropriate time for kids to have survivor conversations, and then about literature and where's the appropriate time to introduce literature, what are the right books to use, how do we have a progression of Holocaust literature and exposing kids to um, early themes of Holocaust study, and then how that would get more complex as they went along. And then finally, when we started to talk about middle school and this great opportunity to have a more sophisticated curriculum, what would that look like, both in terms of standalone units, either provided through Newberger or through Facing History and ourselves, or through our own developed units of literature. And so I'm really pleased where we've landed and how we've really thought about that. I will say that one of the changes that I've made in my own practice, and it's been implemented at Paul Pena, is thinking about really introducing kids to Holocaust literature a little bit later. So the end of grade five rather than the end of grade four being really thoughtful about what are the themes that we start with and, and you know Jamie's going to join us and talk to us about that but really thinking about themes of resistance and who was there to help and how we have appropriate conversations with kids about difficult things um, and how we make decisions with kids about what we park for a different conversation versus what we talk about in our mainstream classroom conversations. And so working with professionals like Dara and other people at Newberger, 
um, and Leora Schaefer at Facing History and Ourselves has really helped us to shape the way we bring Holocaust education into the classroom, both on a curricular level, on a school-wide commemorative level, and then also with some standalone, really well-developed units by partner organizations. And I, I'm really pleased with where we've come and excited by the opportunities we have as we look at a, a new endpoint for the education here. What does it mean to bring kids to grade eight versus grade six? And how can we deepen their relationship with the organizations in Toronto that do this work, but also with the content and the people? How do we really help them build relationships and understand the human story and the human aspect of what we're studying? Dara, I want to go to you um, because I know you and the Newberger staff spend a lot of time thinking about exactly this sort of how to how to teach this right and and I don't think most people know that there is a whole um, area of academia and research about actually how to teach the Holocaust and and talk I don't know if there's a question here but but talk a little about how like the thought that goes into how and when and with what resources and what tools to help teach the teach the Holocaust at age appropriate levels we think about this a little bit differently for the Jewish day schools versus the non-Jewish um, students. We, we know that there's a sort of a sense of responsibility to start learning about the Holocaust because it's such an important part of our, our history and, and it's living like it's, it's, it's still, there's, there's still ramifications in our lives from the Holocaust. So, so when we think about the Jewish day schools, we think about, you know, like Amy said, commemorative opportunities, um, as well as um, bringing it in through literature, which is a really like easy sort of soft opening to start learning about uh, what happened um, and really start thinking about like human behavior and how pe different people responded to the Holocaust, um, whether they were, um, the victims or the perpetrators or the neighbors or the righteous who helped Jews. You know, it really, it really um, is, a, is a way to start talking about how people behave under different circumstances. I think for, um, for all of Holocaust education, there's a real, we're in this transitional moment because we're really approaching the end of an era when Holocaust survivors can share their stories. The, our youngest survivor speakers are approaching their 90s and they were mostly children when it took place. So at the Newberger, we are actually developing the new Toronto Holocaust Museum that will open in spring of 23. And it's really a space where through technology, we'll be able to continue sharing the voice of the survivor because we feel that testimony, first person testimony and primary sources. So like the historical evidence of what happened is really the best way to do a deep dive into the history. And so through technology, the new museum will continue to share the voice of the survivors. And it will also be a commemorative space where their voices are preserved and, um, and their legacy is honored for the future generations. Through interactivity of really engaging the students where they are. So the new museum has a lot of modularity built in because we know we may have Paul Penna students who do know about the Holocaust coming in, but we may also have a student from Scarborough who this is their very first introduction to the Holocaust. So we're building this like layered approach and the technology is fantastic in that it allows this um, layered approach um, so that we can reach students where they are. I would say that the second piece of this is really like for the non-Jewish students, like 
why do we, why are we learning this history? Like we're Canadian, we may have come from our own places of, um, of trauma, of genocide. Why do we need to learn the Holocaust? And so what we're doing and what we're sort of workshopping right now um, through meetings with um, educators and different stakeholders is trying to figure out that contemporary relevance piece. Um, how do we tie the lessons of the Holocaust to what's going on in the world around us? And I mean, we all know instinctively that it's there. These connections are there all the time. But how do we draw them out and make them as relevant as possible so that if we were open today, a student coming in doing a deep dive into the Holocaust would then have a workshop about what's happening in Ukraine and and Putin's claims of denazifying the Ukraine. What does that mean and why? What are these ramifications in the 21st century for that are relevant to you know all different kinds of people? Dara, you are a busy person. <laughs> I want to get you back to your uh, uh, day. Uh, so I want to thank you, and we're going to transition to uh, go in school with Jamie and Rena. Um, but also, I want to say thank you because uh, you're a tremendous resource to the school um, and a great mom and a great wife. But um, those things are that's what we're talking about today. But also, how uniquely positioned Paul Penn is for this exact conversation. Um, coincidentally, uh, not only because you are a parent at the school and the leader that you are, but also Leora Schaefer as well, uh, who, who Amy referenced a number of times. So, uh, Dara, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. And um, well, we'll see you later. Thanks for having me. Now we're going to transition because we're going to bring in Jamie and Rena to talk about sort of what that means, like in classroom, right? Sort of that, that you know, bring it down um, from the sort of philosophical and thoughtful sort of high level conversation and bring it into the classroom. Because I think that's super important for folks that listen to the podcast. Jamie and Rena, do you want to introduce yourselves and your roles in the school? And then we'll jump into the conversation. We'll go to Rena first. Hi, everyone. I'm Rena. I'm the vice principal at Paul Penna. Hi, I'm Jamie. Thank you for having me. Um, I am usually the grade five core teacher, but I am on maternity leave this year. Jamie and Rena, nice to see you both, um, even through a screen. Rena, when does Holocaust education begin at Paul Penna? I know that this has come up as we've gone through even curriculum nights, so I think it's helpful to sort of get on the podcast and uh, not that we're cementing anything in stone, but I think it's a good it's a good reminder. So as Amy mentioned. Um, we formally begin in grade five, toward the end of grade five after Passover with a novel study. Jamie will likely speak more to that. Um, I should also say that grade four is involved in commemorating Yom HaShoah along with grade five in their classrooms. So they do special memorial prayers and they light the memorial candle on Yom HaShoah. And there will be you know, some very brief discussion, but formal education begins in grade five and continues now throughout middle school. Jamie, talk a little bit how you incorporate sort of Holocaust education into your class as Rena was talking about sort of, I don't know if it's nitty gritty, but, but talk about that. Sure. So um, before the uh, unit ever begins, a, a formal letter is sent out to families to introduce the topic and, and sort of give them a heads up so that families, if they so choose, can have conversations with their children before the unit ever begins, just so that everybody feels prepared. Um, and as has been said a couple of times now, we really believe that literature is an excellent way to begin introducing the subject. And so it is formally introduced through a novel study. And that has shifted over the years, but 
it's now kind of centered around kind of two major ideas that extraordinary circumstances can inspire an extraordinary acts of resistance and that those acts can affect change. But also we explore how our Jewish identity is tied in with the history of the Holocaust. One of the things that I like that Amy referenced earlier is this idea that there's multiple entry points and access points for our students and for our families. And that when we have conversations in the classroom, um, we, we talk to the students about having like highway conversations, things that everybody can be a part of and that we all feel comfortable traveling down the road to discuss together. And then we have parking lot conversations. And that is because there are families and students who have either greater levels of comfort or just greater levels of experience or knowledge about the Holocaust already. And so I really work with the students throughout the year to create a safe enough space so that if students want to have those conversations and dig a little deeper, they always can. But it might not be a conversation that we have in the, uh, with the entire class. What's been your experience actually teaching this material? And have there been like memorable moments or surprises that you've experienced during the teaching? And is there any sort of anything that really stands out? Uh, it's really been a fantastic experience. Um, I think for me, I was introduced to the Holocaust at around the same age that my students now are, but through summer camp. Um, and it, it's been really remarkable for me to, to see the different experiences and knowledge that each student comes to uh, or brings to the um, conversation. I think um, one of the most memorable experiences for me was in the conversation that we have about Righteous Among the Nations, which is a theme that, that comes up in our novel study and in some of the supplementary books that we bring in as well. Um, you know, one of the, the questions that is posed to the students like, is what might you do in this situation? And there's only ever been one student who has responded in this way. And so it, it has been, it's really stood out to me. Uh, the student said that she would not help a Jewish person because uh, who had uh, approached her because she was so, she would be so fearful of the re repercussions. And I thought I was so impressed by her candor and that she felt safe enough to, to kind of say that because I think it, it was an indication to me that um, she and the rest of the class have given a lot of thought to that. And I think that instinctually, we all want to believe that we would help out and be there and, you know, support uh, someone or a Jewish person in need. But I was uh, so impressed, so taken aback that the student realized that as much as she would want to help, she would be too fearful to do so. And that's something that's always really stuck with me. And is just to me, a testament of the way even a, a fairly simple novel can evoke really thoughtful conversation and discussion um, thinking about what the experience must have been like for people at that time. And Amy, can I actually bring you in just for a second on that particular point, and not about the Holocaust, but about novels as resources. And and I, I can't remember, we've talked about it like We've, now we've known each other a long time and it, these things come up and I'm always sort of, I'm always interested in like the, the pedagogical approach of education, even though I, I, everything I learned, I've learned from the people on this call. Are novels the way in and reading the way in because it allows students to experience it at their own level, like either their own comprehension or to only understand what they can understand at that time? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, novels are often the way into tricky conversations, novels, short stories, poetry, because they evoke emotion and they allow the children to 
develop empathy and human relationship and experience. And so whether or not it be about the Holocaust or about issues of individuality or medical struggles or family struggles, when kids read about things that other children are experiencing, it allows them to imagine themselves experiencing that. And that is why some kids and families aren't quite ready for Holocaust literature with their nine, 10 or 11 year olds. They just don't want their children to have those really raw emotional experiences. Perhaps their children are really sensitive or anxious or scared or really aware of the troubles of the world. And this will add to the complex relationship they have. And so what I appreciate so much about how Jamie introduces this is the sensitivity with which she does this, the themes that she uses, but also the way that she brings the families into the journey with her and gives the family tools to help their kids at home through conversation and just emotional support. As, as Amy mentioned sort of in the first half, I think, is that now we now we have older students, right? Where, where you have grade seven and next year we'll have grade eight. And a full, like, how, how does it change or adapt as kids get older talking about the Holocaust? Like, does their comprehension get bigger? The sort of new, like, how, how does that sort of factor into to middle school planning? The first thing I would say is that uh, Shira, who's our wonderful language arts and social studies middle school teacher, and I, and um, Ali, who's the current grade five teacher, all participated in the Facing History um, course this fall on human behavior in the Holocaust. And that really helped ground us, give us resources and context for the work that we're doing and the curriculum that we're building in middle school. So continuing on along with what Amy and Jamie were talking about in terms of literature, the grade sixes, um, do spend more time with novel study. So they read the book Refugee at the start of the year, which is composed of different narratives, refugee narratives. And one of them is around a family of Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. So there's some exposure there at the start of the year, but they will delve more deeply into uh, themes after Passover, um, along with grade seven that will examine more of the history that led up to the Holocaust, including the rise of the Weimar Republic, post-World War I, the role of propaganda in Nazi Germany, and bystanders and their role in the Holocaust. So carrying on with some of the themes, moving forward and deepening their understanding of some of the context um, around the Holocaust and applying some of those lessons to their lives today. Uh, Shira did teach this mini unit earlier in the year with grade seven. Um, so you, Jay, as a parent may have heard about some of this, but um, they also looked at it through language arts and some of the themes that came up there, which she will reinforce again, is the importance of community in wartime, the dangers of indifference, referencing Elie Wiesel, uh, some of the elements that led to survival and also reinforcing the importance of finding joy and laughter uh, in, in, in dire and desperate circumstances. So some of those themes will get revisited again with grade seven around Yom HaShoah after Passover and grade six will begin to dive into some of those themes as well. Um, and I will also add that 
we're able this year to bring in a survivor to speak to middle school. Yahav and Arel are incredible Shinshinim, um, are spearheading along with the other Shinshinim in the city, a project in, um, uh, in coordination with Neuberger, which is actually an initiative that was started in Israel called Zikaron Basalon. It literally means memory in the living room, I guess. And it, it was really began as a series of conversations, intimate conversations with survivors in Israel and, and the, the initiative has moved into North America. So they're going to be bringing a survivor um, over Zoom to our students. And uh, that will happen the week of Yom HaShoah too. So for grade six and seven students, and we're hoping that we can invite uh, we're just looking at different partnerships and how we can bring parents and grandparents to that as well. We're working out the details. So we're really uh, looking forward to that. And as Amy and Dara both mentioned, hearing testimony we feel is really important for our students. And, um, and we're really lucky that we, can, that we can do that this year. I wanna thank you all, Amy, Jamie, and Rena, uh, and Blair, who produces the whole thing, um, for, for doing this podcast. I think obviously the... The, the topic is super important. How we teach our kids is super important. But, but in addition to all of that, I think it shines a light on the approach to which the school really approaches the educational success of our students. It's super thoughtful. It's grade by grade. It's, it's age appropriate. It's what are the resources at what time and what context. And I've, I mean, obviously we've been impressed that we have kids there, but I think it also helps shine a light to folks who, who do have students in school or don't, but help them sort of understand the approach um, on this topic and many, many others that the school takes. So thank you, Rena. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Amy. Thank you to Blair. And uh, we'll see everybody at the next episode.